Psalm chapter 73, we will be reading verses 1 and 2. When you get to Psalm 73, look up at me and say, Jesus. All right. Upon the conclusion of the reading of this psalm, I will say this is the word of the Lord because it is, and you can respond with thanks be to God because we are thankful for his word. Psalm chapter 73, verses 1 and 2. Truly, God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, Westside. Um, It is good to be with you today. And like always, want to thank you for allowing us to uh, come into your homes during this season. Um, Today we start sort of a new series through a new portion of a book of the Bible. And uh, before we start, I just want to tell you sort of why. Um, Today I I preach and Pastor Tyler just sang um, in an empty chapel again. And Pastor Tyler did a great job leading us, but I, uh, I miss hearing your voices. I miss seeing faces. And um, I feel like in this pandemic and with everything going on, we're sort of reaching this, this precipice where things are, are dragging out and the uncertainty and the fear is sort of wearing down on us. There was adrenaline at first, but now there's all sorts of emotions. Um, school has been canceled for the remainder of the year. There's, there's a lot of emotions and a lot of things that are going on. And as I was seeking the Lord in prayer and just reading the scripture as where we should go next, I just thought, I need to be honest and we need to be honest that um, we're weary, that there's so much going on. Now enter the the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms has been, um, as one church father says, um, a medicine chest for the people of God. Uh, John Calvin, the great reformer, said that there is not a single emotion that a human experiences that is uh, not expressed and addressed in the book of Psalms. You see, um, this is the only thing that I know to do as your pastor, is I only know how to, to grab this book and to run to it for answers as to what we're dealing with. And so here's what we're going to do in the ensuing weeks until we get to gather back together again corporately is we are just going to march through the book of Psalms. We're going to have a psalm every Sunday. And I believe that, as that church father said, that it will be medicine for our souls. But what we always do at Westside before we start a book of the Bible is is we have to understand some things. So I'm going to have to teach us some things this morning. And we're very unapologetic about that here at Westside. And then I'm going to draw some application. But when it comes to the Psalms, here's what I want to do. I want to look at what are the Psalms, um, how do I read the Psalms, and then why the Psalms. So so what are the Psalms? Well, the word Psalm translates from the Greek um, to song in the Hebrew, and it basically means praises. So song 
or praises. That's why you've probably heard that the book of Psalms is uh, Israel's ancient hymn book, if you will. It is absolutely songs. What's interesting is it has many authors. A lot of people think that David wrote all the Psalms. That's not true. David wrote um, a large majority of the Psalms. Moses um, even writes a Psalm. They span a time frame. Listen to this of about a thousand years of Israel's history. Um, Martin Luther said that the Psalms are a mini Bible within themselves because um, God's great story and the grand narrative is sung in the Psalms. What's interesting is the book of Psalms is the longest book in the Bible with 150 chapters. But here's what's interesting. The book of Psalms is the most quoted Old Testament book in the New Testament. That's important for us. That that the writers of the New Testament, that the gospel writers, that the apostle Paul, Peter, John, that these guys, um, they saw it fit to explain God's story, what was happening within the work of Jesus Christ, to quote the book of Psalms. Um, And what's really important for us to understand is, is that the book of Psalms is ancient Hebrew poetry. Now, I think we can already draw some applications. Um, What are the Psalms? When we think about this, that they span a thousand years and think about the emotion, what's been going on, life, death, marriage, prosperity, persecution, exile, all of this. And we look back upon the ancient people of God and we get to see how they prayed, what they prayed, what they sung. I mean, we're in the midst of a global pandemic and we're sort of almost scrambling for how to respond. What we have here within the very word of God are hundreds of prayers, hundreds of songs that people sung. So so what are the Psalms? Um, I think we can say it this way. The Psalms are the prayers and praises from the past people of God that teach the present people of God prayer and praise. The Psalms are prayers and praises from the past people of God that teach the present people of God prayer and praise. But what's important to understand is actually how they are arranged. So, Your Bible is like a library. Your Bible, 66 books, multiple different authors, um, multiple different continents, multiple different languages, one hero that is Jesus. So it's it's like a library. But also within that library is another library, which is the book of Psalms. And they're actually arranged um, within five different books. Now, now, now hold on with me, okay? Because I got to teach you something and then we're going to go somewhere. These five books are arranged very specifically. So for example, book one in the Psalms is Psalm 1 through 41. Book two is Psalm 42 through 72. Book three is Psalm 73, which was read through Psalm 89. Book four is Psalm 90 to Psalm 106. And then book five is Psalm 107 to 150. Now, five books, and that might sound familiar to some of you. If we're looking at Hebrew literature, The number five is very important because the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, which was known as the Pentateuch or the Law of Moses. Now, 
the Psalms are arranged in five books. And literally what you have is almost the law of Moses and the law of God set to poetry and to song and to prayer. That literally what the book of Psalms is, is what it looks like emotionally, prayerfully to live out this law of God. And actually, Psalm 1 tells us sort of, sort of the gateway of what it is into the book of Psalms. And it says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But here it is. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. So the book of Psalms are a meditation and a marination of what it is to live the law of God. And, and, and if you're like me, when I thought five, I thought, of course. Do we understand how much the world and the culture borrows from this book? Because when you think about, think of the book of Psalms this way as almost like a five-act play or a five-act musical. Because when we look back, all of Shakespeare's plays are five acts, this, that, and the other. And, and we, we highly underestimate how much the world has been influenced by the Word of God. But when you know the order and the structure of that, um, scene three or act three is, is the climax, right? It's, it's where the conflict comes to head. And that's also what book three is in the book of Psalms. You see, book three is known as the exile Psalms. Now, follow me. Asaph is, is the majority writer in book three. And, and Psalm 73, that was just read to you. Surely God is good to Israel. But for me, my feet had almost slipped. Maybe you feel that way. I know I feel that way right now. I, I know that God is good. I know that God is good to his people. But right now, I don't feel that way. And what we see in book three is all of these psalms and prayers and songs about the temple, about God's people, because we know in history that the people of God could not gather in the temple. That literally... They were quarantined from gathering in the place that they met with God. Does that sound familiar? Because, see, we have to understand the temple back then was, was where heaven and earth met. It was the sacred, it's where God said that his spirit would dwell. Now, praise be to God, we live in the new covenant where our bodies are the very temple of the dwelling of the Holy Spirit and that God's people gather together as the new temple. But the emotions, the prayers, the songs, the questions to God during that season in Israel's history is recorded in book three of the Psalms, which is what we're going to be studying together. We are going to be studying and looking at how did the people of God handle emotionally and spiritually and prayerfully and worshipfully? How did they handle what it was like to literally be quarantined and isolated away and not be able to gather together? That's what we're going to be looking at this season. So what are the Psalms? We know what that is, but, but here's what's interesting. 
we know that, that the people of God saw the Psalms as almost like a portable temple, if you will. That even though they could not gather in God's house and go through that wonderful, beautiful liturgy and see the sacrifices and partake and gather, that they could in a way gather with God through the Psalms. So for us, the Psalms are a portable place of worship for God's people that we're going to literally be able to enter into this sacred space. That's what the Psalms are. Now, how do we read the Psalms? Um, it's, it's pretty important to understand the type of literature that we're in, okay? And, and we need to take some time to know what that is. Um, a famous Old Testament uh, professor really breaks it down this way, that, that if the Psalms are songs, that doesn't really narrow it down. That's like me saying, music well, what's in music? Well, there's genres. There's, there's jazz. There's, there's classical. There's um, that horrible genre, which is 80s rock. And oh, I'm just kidding. Okay, I'm just kidding. But there's genres in music. Well, um, there's sort of three uh, big genres that we need to know when it comes to the Psalms, okay? The first one is this, a praise, a praise, which, which simply says this, God is good, God is good. We see these psalms all through this book that they are songs of praise that God is good. But then um, the second one is this, um, a song of thanksgiving. Now, a psalm of thanksgiving says this, that God is good to me. Do you see the difference? Um, and, and that might be a word for some of us. Because we know that God is good in general. But a psalm of thanksgiving says God is good to me. So the difference is um, God is good. Look at his creation. Look at this beautiful world. When we look at the ocean, God is good. But when I look at my family, I look at my children, I look at the church family that God has given, God is good to me. So it's a song of thanksgiving. But then this, there's a song of, of lament. And this is where I want to spend the majority of our time. Um, praise says God is good. Thanksgiving says God is good to me. And lament says this, I don't know what's good. I don't know what's good right now. You see, I think we as the people of God, um, we don't do well with tension. Like right now, what we know versus what we see what we're taught, but what we're forced and pressured to live and deal with every day. And what a lament does is it gives us the space in the middle. Because I've said these things before, um, think about death. I mean, death is like literally at our doorstep. Everybody's questioning and talking about that right now. And what we do, and Christians are some of the worst, to do this and fall in this error is, is that we hallmark it. And so we have hallmark cards for, for something like death and we come up with quaint sayings that are lies and that are horrible truths. And what the Bible teaches us is, is to enter into that pain and to lament, to long for hope, but live in hurt. That's what a lament is. A lament is living in the hurt, but longing for the hope. And that's the season that we are in now. 
And, and when it comes to, to reading these Psalms, this is something that I want to equip you with. Three easy ways that, that you can read the Psalm on your own. Because listen, right now, um, you need to be reading your Bible at home. This is the season that, that we're realizing, wow, am, am I a consumer is the only time my Bible open on Sunday or, or am I a disciple? Am I partaking in the daily bread? And so I had a pastor teach me this, but, but I, I use this all through my scripture reading. It's, it's three things. It's adore, it's admit, and it's aspire. That's what it is. So, so when I read a psalm, I come to it and I go, what does this teach me about God that causes me to praise him? What is in this passage that teaches me about God? Because it all starts with God. It starts with God first. So adore and then admit what in this um, examines my life. What does this teach me about myself? What is there that I need to repent of? And repentance is not a dirty word. It's a good word. It's a good word because repentance, repentance realigns us with God's will. And so where am I out of sync and where's the good grace that I need to find in this? Adore, admit, and then aspire. What does this teach me about the world that I'm living in? What does this teach me about other people? What are some things that I need to act on or to ask for in this? So these are tools that we can use. The adore, the admit, and aspire. But then this, and I want to close with this. Um, why the Psalms? Well, I think there's, there's four reasons why. Why the Psalms right now? The first one is this, um, to know God. Do you know what I was struck with? Um, the God of the Psalms is the same God today. The God that we read about in the book of Psalms, this majestic God that stretched out the universe with his very fingers is the same God today. And we're going to learn about God in a way that I don't think any other book of the Bible teaches us like the book of Psalms. It's to know God, but also this, um, to know how to talk to God. You see, what we believe in Christianity is that God speaks first. In the beginning, God said, and that what prayer is, is us responding to God. But prayer's not natural. And listen, I would push back on you if you said, well, I just, I've always prayed. I've always known. The scriptures don't teach that. The disciples come to Jesus and say, Lord, teach us how to pray. Do you know that, that we know through Jewish history that Jesus, listen to this. Very God from God, very light from light, the second person of the Trinity, very God in flesh. Luke tells us that he grew up in wisdom and stature and in favor with the Lord God and man. That Jesus would have learned the Psalms and prayed them. How powerful is that? But, but praying is not natural. Um, I, I, I told you last week that, that a family member, Courtney's grandmother, suffered a stroke and She's seeking a rehabilitation right now and, and learning how to talk again. And uh, we, we tried to FaceTime her while she was there in the hospital. And, and Piper, our youngest, um, said, Gaga can't talk right now because her mouth's broken. Gaga can't talk right now because her mouth's broken, but it'll get fixed. And I thought, um, in times like this, we don't even know how to talk to God. Because our mouths are, are broken. 
what the Psalms do is, is, is they give us these words. But then it's also this, to, to express our emotions. I think that is something that is crucial for us. That our emotions need motion. That we need to know how to do this. And, and, and listen to me. Prayer is the primary way that we process our emotions in the scriptures. Prayer is. Prayer is that we need to learn how to do this. The grief that we're feeling in the loss. And then the last thing is this. It's to see Jesus. It's to see Jesus. Because you know, um, when Jesus had rose from the dead, that he gave a Bible study. And he said these words in Luke 24. And he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. That in Jesus' worst moment of his life when he was dying on the cross of crucifixion and suffocating, that he quotes the Psalms. And, and, and then just this. Uh, the last psalm in book three is Psalm 89. Verse 49 says this. Lord, where is your steadfast love of old, which by your faithfulness you swore to David? I think some of us feel that way. God, where's this love that you say that you promised? And what we see is this. Um, the Psalms teach us this. And, and this is really the sticky sentence and the big idea I want to leave you with. The Psalms teach us that it's okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay that way. And so right now, rest assured that God will teach us through his word and that he will lead us in this season. So Westside, lift up your voices and pray how Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.